The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us here on Plant Profits. Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global, a people solutions business. And I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host. And again, thanks for joining us. My next guest here is a corporate and political strategist, an attorney, an author, an entrepreneur. This guy's helped launch over 40 different political organizations. He's led communications war rooms for political and private clients. My friend, Michael Hudner. Michael is the CEO of PowerPlant Strategies. He's the managing director of investment banking firm, Young America Capital. And that's how I met Michael is through Young America Capital. Good morning, Michael. How are you doing? Well, well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. There's no way I could do this show and not have you on. Well, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you have an interesting past and you have so many hats. And I'm so interested to really to learn more and for our audience to learn more about what you're doing. But you live in Colorado. Did you grow up in Colorado? I am. I, I, I live in Boulder here and I, mm-hmm. I'm i a native. I'm one of the few natives. I uh, I was born in Denver. Yeah. It's not many of you out there, huh? Now we got a lot of people who have come to the state for uh, different reasons, and uh, yeah, it seems like uh, the uh, the natives are are uh, more and more the exception. You you know, I always hear that about places that are real desirable to live. I have I have friends that have gone to Denver, ended up staying. And, I mean, they won't leave, right? They won't leave yeah. mold the Denver area at all. Can't get them out of there. I was, uh, no, uh, yeah, we're for, you know, I was fortunate to be, uh, dropped on the earth, uh, in this area. And yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've been away for, I went away for college and law school, but I always, uh, miss Colorado. So now, now I'm back and, uh, yeah, it's a great place to live. Yeah. So we got a lot to talk about, but the first thing I want to talk about is politics. Sure. You know, your background in politics, uh, it, 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 it appears to me that, what you do today was driven by what you used to do, you know, a couple more decades ago and, and how you planted yourself into the stratosphere of the, the criminalization of, of marijuana, of cannabis. And I, I'd like to hear more about that. How did it all start and, and take me through that journey? Yes. Thanks. So my background is largely, uh, political communications and political fundraising. And uh, the short of it was, is in uh, 2002, our state was taken over by uh, a very far right, not just, not just uh, conservative, but it was almost a right, right-wing extremist whose number one issue on their agenda here in Colorado was bashing, uh, uh, bashing gays. And then the, the, the number two issue is whether they would post the uh, Ten Commandments in the public schools. And then, uh, you know, there was a number of us that lived here, you know, from here and said, all right, enough is enough. Like, there's more important things than bashing gays and, you know, debating 
you know, right-wing religious uh, stuff to put in our public schools. So we, uh, we, we pulled together a few meetings back in 2003, and we formed a, uh, uh, an organization that I started called Progress Now, and essentially that was a media operation that I ran out of the back of my law office that was to fight back and really, you know, call it out and, and hold these people accountable and, and really represent uh, the mainstream of the people in Colorado, which were more concerned about education and health care reform and uh, protecting, uh, you know, conservation and the environment than bashing gays and doing a bunch of right wing nonsense. So we uh, we pulled together, we started running this operation and eventually it just grew and grew. And and now uh, to fast forward about, you know, so well, 17 years later, we have a much more uh, forward thinking uh, electorate. Uh, most of the uh, elected officials here in Colorado are are uh, fairly progressive and, and more in tune with uh, the voters of Colorado. Well, that's great. And, and I've seen that. And. And let's talk about some of the campaigns that you have run and some of the, the you've 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 helped governors be elected. Right. Am I correct about that? Yeah. 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 I was uh, I had the good fortune back uh, like we were talking about 20 years ago. There was a <laughs> young a young gentleman that was uh, just come back to Colorado after after he had graduated college. And he uh, was very successful um, with uh, an internet company, uh, one of the very first greeting card companies you may remember was called Blue Mountain Arts. And it would say, you've got a birthday card and you would open it up and it would be from a friend that was like the first one. I and remember everybody, that. Everybody was using it at the time. It was, I think, the sixth most visited website on the internet. And, uh, and even though uh, you know, it didn't have any revenue, it was just starting out. Uh, this friend of mine, he, he sold it for a lot, a lot of money uh, to uh, some of the large, big internet companies, and uh, you know, it became very wealthy uh, very quickly, uh, right at the height of the internet. And then we, then he asked me to run his uh, first race for state board of education. So we, we actually got a school bus. We put the internet in there, which <laughs> people hadn't really seen, and we drove around Colorado and uh, met voters. And then uh, to fast forward. Uh, 20 years later, uh, just about a year ago, he was sworn in as, as governor of Colorado. So Governor Jared Polis is a, a dear friend of mine and uh, somebody that's really been helpful both, both on uh, a lot of important issues like immigration reform and education. And uh, especially, I think it's well known that he's a, a very big supporter of the, of the cannabis and hemp industry uh, here in Colorado and looking to see it uh, have the kind of success we've had here in other states. No, that's great. No, that's that's a, that's a heck of a story, um, and your efforts and your colleagues' efforts and the groups that you've been a part of and you formed have been on the in the front, you know, leading the way and uh, and supporting what has happened in Colorado and uh, in the cannabis uh, in the cannabis marketplace. Now, uh, I don't want you to be shy about this, but you really led the first meeting in Colorado to, to really decriminalize cannabis. Am I correct about that? On the, on the adult use side, yeah, we, we had had, yeah. A, we had had a, we already had medical. We were one of a, you know, a handful of states that had medical kind of a limited uh, uh, system here. But we, after the 2010 election, when, uh, you know, 2010 election, we basically, it was still illegal for adult use and uh, myself and, uh, 
yeah, there was a, just a few of us. I, I pulled together a meeting in Denver where I said, you know, with uh, Brian Vicente from uh, Vicente mm-hmm. Cedarberg Law Firm with Mason T. Burt, who's a well-known uh, advocate of drug reform policy in the cannabis space, and just uh, about three or four others. And we pulled together the first meeting that said, all right, we've got to we've got to put a measure to the voters and get get, uh, you know, all the all the use of cannabis uh, decriminalized that it's a complete waste of money. And it has a lot of uh, implications on uh, different basically, you know, has an impact on uh, non non white uh, constituents here in the state that get disproportionately affected in the criminal justice system. And so we. Uh, we pulled together this meeting, and that was the first meeting to get it onto the ballot of November of 2012, where, uh, you know, two years later when it was on that ballot, we passed it, and us along with uh, Washington State were the two first states in the in the country to pass uh, adult use legalization. That's great. And there's the story of Amendment 64. Uh, That's right. Awesome. <laughs> oh, that's great. That is that is. That is real stuff, man. You've uh, you've done so much, but you now you've you've you, you know a few years back you got involved and you you got into power plant and power plant strategies and man, there's there's some really talented subject matter experts involved. But tell us about power plant, what you guys are doing. Sure, about about you know after after it passed about five years ago, I was. Mm-hmm. To, uh, busy uh, working on a lot of uh, communication strategy with uh, political and policy and advocates and, uh, you know, some, some work on cannabis. And what I realized is that this, as this industry got bigger and bigger here in Colorado and was starting to emerge in other states, that there was a real need for traditional communications work that uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of companies and a lot of individuals use in the, just the, nothing to do with cannabis in the mainstream space, but very few people were providing that kind of support for, for the cannabis industry. So uh, myself, with, uh, along with uh, an individual named David Fenton, who uh, I was working with in New York, and uh, a handful of uh, folks from across the country started Power Plant Strategies. That was uh, in uh, the fall of 2016. And uh, so, so then we uh, we launched that, and we've been working uh, ever since with a lot of the big uh, companies in the industry, with PACs, with uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Merida Capital Partners. We helped uh, a big company out of Arizona harvest through their through basically they went public through a, what's called an RTO through a, a company that they had used to uh, go public in in uh, on the Canadian Stock Exchange. And uh, we also work quite a bit still in the policy and advocacy space. One of our main clients is uh, MPP, uh, which stands for Marijuana Policy Project. And that's the group, the nonprofit that really uh, has led the, the charge to help uh, get more and more states uh, decriminalizing cannabis. Yes. Uh, so you guys are involved, as I understand, you're involved with specific companies like PACs, but you're also working. Uh, working around and throughout the the cannabis space, uh, being an influencer, is that correct? That's right. We we uh, really what we try to do is uh, increase the influence of our clients and mm-hmm. you know and the and the causes. And uh, a lot of times it's uh, working with the media, either the the cannabis press or a lot of times now what what clients are really looking for is really just the mainstream press, just like anybody else. And mm-hmm. in that, 
uh, usually the the audience is they want to raise their profile among the financial community and investors. So we do a fair amount of uh, work to uh, to reach out to the financial press, to the analysts that are working for the various banks that are covering this space, uh, as well as the investors themselves, which it seems like uh, every every week there seems to be more and more people getting into this space. Yes. Now, this group comes together, but you're all remote and you're all doing, you know, you know, I took a look at, at some of the backgrounds of the folks that are involved. You're all doing many things. They all Their backgrounds look like yours, but they're in different areas and subject matter experts and advertising or or deal making or whatever it is. And uh, you come together. Michael, we're going to go into a break. And we're going to continue our discussions sure. uh, here. I really want to do that. I want to really understand how you bring all of this diverse talent together uh, onto one topic and, and how you guys really work. Uh, we'll continue our discussion with Michael Hudner with PowerPlant Strategies and Young America Capital. We'll be right back. Plant profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm Vern Davis with Protus Global People Solutions. Our guest today, Michael Hudner, 
CEO over PowerPoint Strategies, Managing Director of Investment Banking at Young America Capital. Before the break, uh, we were having a discussion, Michael and I, about uh, how we get this diverse, talented field of people together and uh, to do good in the cannabis space. Talk to us a little bit about that, Michael. Yeah, so, you know, the uh, thanks. Well, the cannabis space, really, I look at it as an opportunity for folks because in in some people refer to it as impact investing and by that you you the more that people are in investing in the cannabis industry and the companies that are around the industry the more that it causes uh, the industry to, uh, to become mainstream and if you're somebody like myself and a lot of the people that uh, have been working on this they want to see it become mainstream because they're sick of the the war on drugs and the waste of money and all the lives that it ruins and when you have an industry that has been for years and years was pushed underground, then the people that were really profiting and making uh, money off of the industry were, were doing it completely illegally. And there was no there was no regulation. There's no rules. There's no no nothing. It was just underground. But now that you see it in Colorado and other other states that have uh, now fairly uh, sophisticated markets, you're seeing it where the. Everything's regulated. There's rules. Now, there is obviously a ways to go where we need to still uh, develop uh, further rules. But you're also seeing that now that there's this regulation, there's also taxing uh, the industry. So instead of just uh, a bunch of folks that we don't know that have been doing this underground and illegally, you actually have businesses that are, are, are getting investment, are paying taxes. And now, for example, in the state of Colorado, they now have uh, make money off of over a billion dollars of sales each year, which for Colorado uh, and for a lot of the causes that we care about is, is roughly around $130, $140 million that we didn't have beforehand. And that money is being used to, to help build schools. Uh, it helped uh, after we had a number of fires here. There was uh, sure. quite, a few, quite a few folks that were homeless down in the Colorado Springs area, and that helped uh, the recovery efforts there. And so, and, and uh, so, in other words, this money now is going to be invested into uh, into ways that we can help the state at a state and local level that we never had before. No, that's good. That's good. You know, I always wonder. You know, I've heard this number a billion dollars in Colorado, and it's a billion. It seems like it's a billion dollars that never existed before, and it's going to these causes. Is that how smooth the operation is that to funnel the funds? To places that can really help and solve some of the problems uh, that cannabis is supposed to address. The uh, ultimately the the money goes right back to the uh, state where the legislature here in Colorado uh, then gets to decide how the money would be used. Uh, if it's not, you know, uh, if they don't uh, put a specific earmark, then it's generally left into the state. Or here in Colorado, we have a a uh, interesting uh, constitutional amendment called Tabor, which basically says that if the state uh, doesn't get the okay to use it for certain purposes, that uh, a certain monies will be returned to the taxpayers. So it's been helping kind of everybody, whether you're one of the folks uh, that's more, hey, I, I don't want the government to be, have more money than they need. Let's let's get a return to the into the taxpayer's pocketbook sure. to the folks that are interested in investing in you know schools and and roads and other necessary infrastructure. So overall, I think uh, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, whether you're, you were for this back in 2012 when we legalized or not, the 
the, the vast majority, and we've seen polls that have said this, it's gone up from just having a majority of people that are supportive of this. Now, in terms of medical uh, use, there's something I think the support here in Colorado is over 90%, and even for adult use, uh, I think it's over 70%. So it's actually, as people became more and more familiar with uh, cannabis and the industry, they've gotten more and more comfortable. Even a lot of people that used to speak out against it are now supportive. Oh, that's good. That's good. So, you know, you and the founders of, of, of the criminalized cannabis in Colorado, is this, is this thing working the way you envision it to work? Yes, I think for the, for the most part it has. It's actually, I think, worked better than we ever expected. Uh, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't know that, you know, within literally uh, five or six short years that the state would be getting over a, a hundred something million dollars. You know, I always, I always joke there's a, our former governor, uh, John Hickenlooper, mm-hmm. he would often go to uh, these uh, association meetings with the other governors of the other states, and he would say, you know, let's, uh, you guys don't don't rush into this. Let, you know, we're figuring this out, and uh, you know, until we figure this out, you know, then you know that there'll be some lessons learned. And I always thought it was kind of funny because really, what what he was saying is Colorado is uh, having the successful operation. We're we're getting over a hundred million dollars. Uh, to the state, and he's saying, okay, other states, just, just hold and watch while we're doing this. If I were another state, I'd be like, we're not, we're not going to wait. We're, we're going <laughs> to you know, take part in the, uh, in the success. So it's, uh, it's, been, it's been great for Colorado. I think Washington State, uh, people, I think that one's been a little more complicated, a little messier. Um, but now that there's you know, over 30 states that have cannabis legalized uh, to some degree, um, Colorado's sort of been the the model. It's certainly not perfect. Um, it certainly needs some improvements, but it has been the the state that most of these uh, newer states have been looking at for a model on how to implement uh, uh, cannabis decriminalization and regulation. Oh, that's 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 good, and it goes to my my next question on that is is, is really the states actually get with uh, come to Colorado, send people there, and really take a, a position of active learning about how to make it work. Yeah, that's right. A lot of people, it mm-hmm. gives you some instant cred if you're, if you're from Colorado and been working in the industry sure. for a while. You know, they, they know you have some know-how. Uh, quite a few people from Colorado now are being uh, hired either where they're literally moving to California or other places to help newer companies or they've been brought on in a, uh, just as an advisor to make sure that when they do this in the new states, they, they don't have to go through all the ups and downs that we, you know, we had to learn the hard way here in Colorado. Okay. Oh, that's great. So, Michael, we're going to take a break, and we're going to, when we come back, we're going to spend a lot of time diving into Young America Capital. That's how you and I met in some common efforts. Michael Hutners is the Managing Director of Investment Banking at Young America Capital. We're going to take a brief break, and on the other side, we're going to dive into that and what Young America Capital is all about. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We are tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, 
man, I'm really one took over the line, and I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hemp Resent, only on Cannabis Radio. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk to the people at the forefront of the industry, creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. Protus Global. Find Plant Profits now at CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm Vern Davis. Our show is Plant Profits powered by Protus Global, a people solutions business. My guest today, we spent some time with today, Mr. Michael Hudner, who is the managing director of investment banking at Young America Capital. And um, Michael, that's how we met through some common interests, through our my connections and, and some inter- introductions in, into your organization, uh, Young America Capital. Uh, really, how did you get there? Why are you there and what are you doing there? And I really want sure, to Sure, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Young, Young America Capital is a uh, 60-person investment bank. It's based out of Mamaroneck, New York. Uh, it's been about 10 years old. And of the 60 people, uh, 50 of the people just work in traditional sectors, uh, financial services, consumer goods, biotech, uh, other areas, nothing to, to do with cannabis or hemp. Uh, but of the 60, there are 10 of us that work on cannabis and hemp deals. We've been working on them for about uh, three years now, and we, uh, we provide traditional services. We help companies raise money, uh, both equity as well as debt, and we also now are doing more and more mergers and acquisitions as a lot of the larger companies in the space are looking to uh, acquire a lot of the uh, smaller companies as they as this uh, industry, as the cannabis industry matures. So I've been working there for about three years and uh, really enjoying it. And uh, we're, we're busy as could be. Yeah, you are. You are. Tell me about in the last six months, this whole conversation about money and cannabis has changed. So uh, where are we in, in the evolution of 
of funding and and what what are folks like you looking for now that's different than what you were looking for at the beginning of 2019? Sure, I think the the big difference uh, between now and a year for, uh, a year ago in the cannabis industry is is I think there's more accountability uh, back. Uh, Back uh, last summer, there were a lot of companies that were being traded publicly on the Canadian Stock Exchange, which, quite frankly, were, were overpriced, were overvalued. Through a number of just a few short weeks, uh, the uh, investors and the financial community uh, really you know, went forth and said, this is ridiculous, some of these prices for how, for how much revenue they had. These companies should be valued at a, a much lower level so that a lot of these uh, Canadian stock exchange uh, companies, their their stock took a, you could say, uh, took a, a pretty serious hit. They dropped yes. tremendously, but the the upside of that is is there's probably it's now the values are more in line with what the companies really are, and so it's not as much fluff. There's actually real companies that are making real money, and uh, and now I think there's uh, starting to be just turning the corner with this year. Uh, renewed confidence in investing in the industry. Oh, no, I, absolutely. This is, as I always say, this is a normal uh, movement. Uh, I think when you're when you have a, a new legal industry like we have, is that there's going to be adjustments made, and and it's good because you know, great ideas, great brands, great people, and money is how it all works. And without one or the other. You have a, a diluted uh, uh, proposition. I think that's. I think that. I think it's really healthy that the adjustment happened. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Like we want to have a, a legitimate comp, uh, industry, just like uh, other other industries in the U.S. and elsewhere. And uh, if you have, you know, when you have more accountability and the prices are more in line with what they really should be, then it renews investor confidence and. What we're starting to see uh, again this year is investors who were pretty much on the sidelines for the past six months are now uh, once again engaging and looking to uh, get more and more into the space. Yeah. What what kind of things are you guys interested in, the Young America Capital? Sure. I think the 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 main thing that we're interested in is uh, there are a lot of uh, licensed operations in these you know 30 plus states where cannabis is legal at either the uh, medical and or adult use uh, for adult use. And what's happening now is a lot of companies are saying, hey, you know, we've had a good few years, but, uh, you know, to take it to another level, we're either going to need uh, an, an investor to really give us some serious, uh, you know, a serious investment to, so we can uh, build our operations. Mm -hmm. Or what's happening also a lot is a lot of the companies are saying, hey, uh, you know, I'm, I've been working at this for years and years. Some of these people have been working at it since, since literally uh, legalization, you know, back in 2012 or, or then some. And they're saying, quite frankly, they're, they're ready to have somebody uh, uh, acquire them to, to merge with another company so they can, they can continue to grow because it's, it's to, to, to be sure, you know, to, to be fair, it's to, to, to be able to compete in Colorado and some of these other more mature states when you're only a uh, one store or just a small operation is uh, as this industry gets more and more mature, it, it's tough. You need to have uh, investors and you need to have companies that have sometimes a lot more expertise to really uh, keep you growing. No, you do. You, you, you do. And, and, um, 
I see that every day in what I do in the people solutions game. And um, I, I tell you what, it's great to have folks like, like you and Young America Capital uh, uh, playing a, a very major role of making sure we do uh, invest in the right things and really uh, having us uh, having information out that, that really shows that, hey, this is a real company. Uh, they're operating on the real business rules and that you can have some predictor of success or failure through how they operate. I think that is very, very healthy for a growing industry. So thank you for that. Um, Michael, this is this is great time we spent together here today. And I'd love to, to give you an opportunity to, to tell the audience as a final thought what what's important and what you'd like to share that, that maybe we didn't uh, go into in our discussion today or or there's something you you really you really are working toward now. Yep, sure, sure. I, I guess I would say there's a lot of people that have kind of been keeping an eye on the industry but haven't gotten in. And I would tell people yeah. that while there's already a lot of states that have just uh, decriminalized that that this industry is 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 big and it's only getting bigger. So if you're thinking about making a career change, if you're thinking about uh, taking a a job. In, in this space, I think this time it's as good a time as any. And uh, I know so many people that have uh, moved from other fields and uh, have jumped into this space, whether it's uh, traditional work that they could work with operations or even on the, what we call the ancillary, where there's companies like PR, companies like uh, human resources, uh, companies like marketing and advertising that, that they can use those kind of skills that they've learned for years and years in other industries. And a lot of it's applicable to uh, to the cannabis industry. So I encourage people to get more involved. And certainly if there's investors that are interested, I'm always uh, uh, willing to uh, jump on a call. And, and I'm, again, I'm, I'm, if people just go to Young America Capital and take a look, they can uh, reach out and uh, connect with me by email and we can jump on a call. So thank you so much for uh, having me here today. Uh, you're, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. And thanks for for sharing some light on on this topic and this subject and really admire your past and, and the things you're doing here in the present in this industry. So thank you very much, Michael. And I look forward to, to seeing you in a couple of weeks down in Miami. Thank you. Looking forward to seeing you there. It'll be great and, and nice and warm. <laughs> Absolutely. We need that. I need that. <laughs> thank you very much. Thanks for joining us. Our guest today was uh, Michael Hudner, Managing Director of Investment Banking at Young America Capital. Uh, interesting uh, background, uh, and you guys can can really uh, get in tune with us at Plant Profits by downloading episodes on CannabisRadio.com, uh, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, and, and all the, the cool places you get your podcast portals. Follow Protus Global through our social networks, including LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We are everywhere. Protus Global, people solutions business. We're building companies and changing lives. ProtusGlobal.com, P-R-O-T-I-S, global.com. Until next time, this is Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Cheers.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.